Yet is money the root of all evil? No, actually, it's the love of money is a root of evil. Okay. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. They'll share life experiences, tips, techniques, thoughts, and tools to help you create life exponential. Life's Inside Track with Ken and Yetta Decker. Moving forward with the Decker Team. Moving forward together with the Decker Team. So we're welcome, or we're excited actually to welcome you to another episode of Life's Inside Track. I'm Yetta Decker. I'm Ken Decker. And we're with... Roz and Sean of Woodland Realty Investments. And so much fun. And we get to share techniques, thoughts, tips, and tools that we all deserve. You, I, everyone, so we can turn our house into home, our families thrive, and we live the best life possible. Mm. We're going to consider that God will give you, will give you, Sean, you, Roz, you can, and you who is listening and connecting with us, he will give you a vision for your money and your life. And it may not be the same as everyone else's. Probably not. Right. You know, it's interesting in the Bible, it's over 2,000 times Mm. wealth, possessions, money, Taxes, treasures, treasure, all that is spoken about in parables and instruction. Jesus spoke about it over 2,000 times in total. The Bible speaks on it. And so, why is that? I think, well, actually, I'm certain it's because we were going to struggle with it. We needed a lot of instruction because it was going to be an area that could trap us could trip us up, would cause us all kinds of grief. So although I believe the Bible has a very general directive around vision, and we'll unpack a few scriptures around money, he does give different individuals a different focus in relation to money and wealth and resources and all of that. Now, that's never been a problem in your relationship, has it, Russ and Sean? <laughs> Sean? Never. So what, what happened when you started to get together and you, you went to the pastor for your, what do you, what do you call that? Pre- Pre-marriage yeah. counseling. Yeah. How'd that go? <laughs> oh, so good. Yeah. <laughs> Until? Until we figured out that we were not on the same page or even in the same book or even in the same library about our money. <laughs> wow. So our pastor, we, we were there, Russ, we've shared this before Roz wanted to rent and pay her bills and spend the rest and I wanted to invest because I had no uh, pension or future savings and at that point you had how much money in your bank account uh, probably around negative 40,000 around just around, around that just negative 40,000 give or take, give or take a penny or two but no I was negative um, I didn't know if, I had an idea of money And Roz had an idea that she just wanted to live the way she wanted to live. So we went through our our marriage counseling, all these questions, and we did okay on all of them except for the one. And the one was money. And Roz, uh, we couldn't agree on anything. And Pastor Doug told us that he will not marry us on this. But we're like, well, we have nine out of 10 or whatever the number was. So 11 out of 12. 11 out of 12. (laughs) Just that one. And like the other ones we probably could have worked with if we were off on those. But this one was pretty significant. So he said that one would sink you. That was it. He wouldn't, he just wouldn't have anything to do with it. So it kind of aligns with what the Bible talks about. Money more than actually any other topic, I believe. It's like the number one area that's addressed again and again and again are money-related things. Mm -hmm. And here it was, the 11th out of 12, 
or the 12th out of 12, actually, Mm -hmm. that tripped you up. The other 11, you were good to go. Yes, exactly. So he um, had said that um, finance was the number one reason for divorce. Mm -hmm. And he, because we were so far apart that he knew we would never make it. And that was why he was going to refuse to marry us because he knew we wouldn't make it if we didn't figure it out. And so what did you do? Well, we went to a financial fitness seminar mm-hmm. where I, uh, where we learned the biblical principles about what God says about money and debt. And uh, I, this is a huge confession for me. It ended up that Sean was actually closer to biblical truth than I was. And I, I really had a hard time <laughs> accepting that. <laughs> he was pretty happy. Sean, if you're not watching this because you're listening <laughs> on the radio, you couldn't see the biggest, cheesiest smile that ever existed on the face of Sean Woodland. It just up. existed. And two thumbs up this time. <laughs> and two thumbs up. So if you want to watch, it is actually kind of humorous to watch Life's Inside Track. Just tune into our YouTube channel at Decker Team and you will see more antics than you can not see because you can't hear them while you're on CHRI or any of the audio podcasts, right? Sorry, Roz. I just couldn't let that moment pass. Absolutely. It was quite beautiful. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I know. It was, you know, we've been married for almost nine years. It was probably time for me to confess that to him. Confess to Sean that good for the he soul. was closer yes. to I truth. Know. I forgive you. you've learned some things there too yeah so that was how many years ago eight nine 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 years ago yeah and what was that dapper presenter wearing (laughs) this amazing purple shirt that he's wearing right now (laughs) we gotta jump on youtube if you want to see this purple shirt shirt. what did you actually say to sean that day as you were watching ken present well, we were getting ready to be married. We took the financial fitness seminar before and Sean didn't have a shirt yet. And we put in our invitation to please wear purple so you could be part of the living decor. And I said, you need to ask that guy if you can borrow that shirt. <laughs> so I'm not asking a stranger if I can borrow his shirt. And I said, do you want I me to? give him the shirt off my back. <laughs> he said, do you want me to ask him? I said, no. <laughs> it was a bit awkward. <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't know for quite a few years that you wanted the shirt off my man's back. That's right. Well, the good news is nine years and it still fits. Yes, you that is. You shrunk it. <laughs> <laughs> That's always the problem, right? Yeah. And so if you're thinking you want to get in on this crazy wild ride in our community, the Decker Team community, you'll want to send us an email together at DeckerTeam.com so we can stay connected and grow in community because you never know from a simple little wealth building workshop that was the setup for you even to be permitted by your pastor. I mean, you could have gone against and not been obedient. Mm-hmm. But if you were going to be obedient, that was the only way you were going to get married. Absolutely. To where we sit today. You've learned a lot about money. Absolutely. We've learned a lot about money from you guys. What are some of those core scripture, maybe one core scripture, that really taught you the value of how to use and not use your money or what was required of you in relation to resources maybe is a better question. Well, I've mentioned it before, but it was unlearning, letting go of my limiting beliefs about money. I struggled with the idea of wealth and being good that they, they were not harmonious, right? It wasn't race and wealth. And you know, that felt like the way we were supposed to live. So it was better to be in lack. It was better to be in lack 
and because you you can't be wealthy and and do good, it seemed wrong. And it was until I you know learned that the um, the well done good and faithful servant is at the end of a parable about investing. Say more about that. Well, the you know the vineyard owner leaves and he gives one talent, two talents, and five talents to three different people, and then returns after a time, and he says to the two that doubled the money or doubled the talents, well done, good and faithful servant. And the one that buried it, he had admonishing words for, right? So then I realized like, oh, we're supposed to do this. God has called us to do this. So in obedience, we're going to learn what he wants. So I mentioned that he was minus 40. I declare bankruptcy twice. So our wealth story is all God has nothing to do with us because clearly we weren't doing a good job. About any of it. About anything. Okay. Mm. So, I guess the question is, are your beliefs mm. serving you and are they yeah. true? Are they truly true? And we're delighted that we can be with you, positioning you to build wealth wisely. It's about much more than money. Yada, who was that that was calling? It was for me, not you. So we've created a free access to you, for you to over 587 Life's Inside Track episodes where we share insider tips, making house home, how to build wealth. And really the great news is you can get access to them from home, from the office or on the go. You know, we're going to explore that we don't all get the same call. Like you remember the days where the phone call or the phone was attached to the wall. Yes. And... Someone would answer and they go, who is it? Who is it? It's like, it ain't for you. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Right? It doesn't really happen that way anymore because we all have our own personal devices. But there was a time where we were constantly confused about who was the call for. Right. Mm. So when it comes to finances, we don't always get the same call. Not every single human. Mm. So that that's an interesting. And when you say call, you're talking about call from the big guy in the sky. Right. Well, <laughs> right. I would, yeah, okay, that's one way to say it. <laughs> no, that may be controversial. Well, it probably is, but yeah. <laughs> but uh, God's got broad shoulders. <laughs> it does. It's a term of endearment. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Sean, have you had people like question what you're doing in the in the financial world? I have had people question what we're doing. Uh, they don't understand what it is we're doing and why we're focusing so much on money. And, and the truth is, it's not really, we are focusing on money, but it's not truly about the money. It's about serving people. So people don't understand that this is what God has called us to do to help improve people's lives here, to, to, to teach them what was given to us so freely that we can give to people so that they can live a much happier life while they're here so they will have to figure out what their calling is for them as well just as we have said we have heard from god that we are doing what we should be doing and you're stewarding what he gave you absolutely you're doing well with what the resource because at least at the beginning you didn't have no resources had nothing like minus 40k was more than a little horrific less than nothing right less than nothing right and two bankruptcies i mean we've talked about that before we consolidated Three times. I say four. Ken says three. I'm not sure who's right anymore. Well, maybe I erased one of them out of my memory. It's so painful. (laughs) It is painful, right? So we didn't have a clue of how to navigate money. And we have a clue now. We took a clue from the word of God. 
Mm-hmm. Of how to navigate it. And you're right. Like sometimes people don't understand it. Their journey and their call may be different. Yeah. And We're not saying this is everybody's call, are you? No, so, uh, not at all. But the other side of this is for what we do, we're providing housing for people, quality housing, rather than just putting somebody into an old place that's falling apart. We're going in and fixing it. So they see the money. They don't see the broad spectrum of what, what it is we do. And once they, once we have those conversations with them, they then in turn realize that we are doing things to change people's lives financially, uh, from people's homes to the life that they get to live. So there's a scripture around for the rich, right? To do good and to be generous. Mm-hmm. And I see that in you guys. So that, that's, that's great. And if there wasn't, if there wasn't wealth coming in, whether you're working a job or you're building wealth through real estate or whatever it is, Nobody can tithe if they're not getting anything, right? And back when it was farming, if you farmed, when you had a bumper crop, that was the Lord blessing you with. And I think the same thing with those that are building wealth. The Lord will bless mm-hmm. if, if it's your calling. Absolutely. I think that uh, if if we were not to do it, then we would be being disobedient to his call on our lives. So if you weren't to do investing and helping others, you would feel disobedient. Absolutely. Well, I can tell you that during COVID, when I was still uh, working my day job and I was uh, looking outside, I remember God saying very clearly, the audible voice of God that I hear said, this is, or behold your view from prison. This is not what I created you for. Mm. And okay. that, that was before. That a little bit for Because <laughs> some people are meant to work a day job every day. Yes. For their entire life or until retirement or beyond retirement years, so to speak. So what's a prison for one person isn't for another. So And, and hearing that it's a prison, because I know that property and the view out the window was of the St. Lawrence River and it yes. was gorgeous. Yes. I and thought it was our forever home when we went there. I believed, uh, I believed that God called us there and I know for sure he did. I thought it was specifically there to that one house. But then, you know, a couple of years later when I, during COVID, when I was sitting there and that came behold, cause I was just gazing out the window and he just said, behold your view from prison. This is not what I created you for. So that house was a prison for you. That house at that time was absolutely a prison. And then being That's able it. to start talking to people about the goodness of God bringing us from where we were to where we are, that was what he created me for. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm speechless. (laughs) I think we all are. So when you're listening, you're thinking, what's all the dead air? Well, I think what's happened is we're in awe of God's journey and God's goodness to us. Yeah, And we're just sitting in that for a moment. So again, way better to watch. So if you want to be part of the community, send us an email at together at deckerteam.com and you'll get these episodes like right away, fresh out of the gate and a whole lot other access to workshops, information, insight, insider tips, really not trader tips, but insider tips. <laughs> because we want to stay connected between these episodes. If you want to, and it feels good to you, reach out to us. And so as we're thinking about doing good, 
listening to the voice of God, some people are called to a vow of poverty and to give it all away. Hmm? Right. Some are called to tithe 90% instead of 10%. There's a lot of different amazing stories, both of people that have an abundance of wealth and those that don't. One of the things that, and I think at one point you would have thought that was your call not to have a lot. Yes. I probably would have justified my poor financial decisions by saying that I was called to it. But in reality, after learning everything that we've learned, I was just making poor financial decisions. And that's sometimes the case, but not always the case. Correct. I, I don't believe I was called to a vow of poverty. I believe I was just making really bad financial decisions. What a wake-up call. I'm glad I got the other call. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting. I said that once to a pastor and his wife about because we were talking money. It was a nice private conversation and um, and I made the mistake of saying, well, because you're in the ministry, you've taken a, you know, a vow of, of poverty. And, and his wife said to me, no, no, we didn't. And they've since been real estate investors with us and bought <laughs> rental properties. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. So it, it's, uh, it's what you're called to, you know, Mother Teresa, she gave everything Mm-hmm. to her ministry and mostly her life being there, the shoes off her feet and different things. But if you go back to the U.S., what was running there, a multi-million dollar corporation that was funding the ministry mm-hmm. was back in the U.S. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. And awesome. Billy Graham said, when wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, Something is lost. But when character is lost, all is lost. And together we're clarifying your options because wisdom will flow. Yetta, do you find me wise? Well, not as wise as many counselors. So we're thrilled that for over 30 years, we've been able to come alongside you, not only helping you sell, buy, and invest in real estate over 3,117 times, coming alongside to build your faith, build your fun, build your finances, build your friendships, and even strengthen, heal, and flourish inside of your relationship and in your finances, like in your money. Mm -hmm. Crazy. And so what we're going to discover is if you believe your call and you surround yourself with people that believe your call, it will be fuel to living out your call. But isn't that confusing to have so many advisors? I don't know. Ask Sean and Roz. Is it confusing to have so many advisors? Because we've talked about in other episodes and in previous segments that you guys have a lot of advisors and you know we do too. Is it not confusing? It's not very confusing. I mean, everybody comes with their own strength. They they bring their own area of expertise to the table. And when when we have many advisors, we're able to execute better decisions and and better results. So you're not saying 12 financial advisors? Well, that would be confusing. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody would have a different different idea of how to advise you. So that would be that would be confusing, right? So we're back to the idea of no like and trust factor for really one, maybe two advisors, but ideally one advisor in each of the core areas 
find your best team of eight to 12, whatever it takes in terms of what you're up to. And that's what it means about many advisors. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. I mean, everybody's going to have an opinion. Yeah, and a perspective. Everyone's going to have an opinion. Although, would you go to those people for actual advice? Mm -hmm. Mm. What do you mean? Would you actually go to those people for actual advice? Well, everybody's going to give you their opinion of your call. Yes. The call that God has put on your life. But if I think, would I go to you for counsel? Would I be the one to go to you for spiritual counsel? If If you're not the person that I would be drawn to for trusted spiritual counsel, then your opinion doesn't carry as much weight as an advisor whom I would seek out. For that specific. For that specific, yes. Hmm. Yeah, you know, I heard a joke once about uh, opinions. Yes, I think I know that joke. (laughs) Yeah, you too. I'm a little nervous right now. Well, I can do the PG version, and that is, you know, opinions are like butts. Everybody has one, and they usually stink. Because what we're looking for is not an opinion. We're looking for counsel, advice. We might sometimes call it a professional opinion, but really it's advice and counsel we're looking for. Mm -hmm. From somebody who's done what we're trying to do. That makes it much easier. Uh, Not You don't get advice from somebody who's never bought a rental property to know how to look at it. You go to somebody who has that experience all the different layers that go into buying a rental property or a house. Mm-hmm. Right. Or even when it comes to our spiritual well-being, and we're talking about the call that God has, if somebody has a very different call, they'll have no ability likely to understand the one on your life. Right. I've been told I'm crazy by many godly, wonderful, fantastic people. <laughs> crazy. Awesome. Crazy. Well, <laughs> I don't think that's the the uh, the intent with the phrase, but it's because I'm called to a more full life, even as we're in our saging years. And I did not say aging years. <laughs> I said saging years because I've had to reframe. Like we keep getting asked, when are you going to retire? And we have an answer now. I love this answer. And I believe God gave it to us a Some couple of years ago. Like answer, but-, but you do. Yeah. Yeah, we like the answer. That's important. And the call, and we believe it's God's call on us specifically. Some people are called to retire, and we're not judging that at all. And maybe it's refire instead of retire, but we believe we're going to be working. Basically, we're going to retire and expire the same year, and it'll be sometime after 2059, God willing. That's what we believe we've heard. And yeah, we'll be like 97 years old or older. <laughs> and that's our call. And why stand in judgment of that? Absolutely. I'm not telling you it's for yeah. you. I'm telling you that's what we believe we've heard. You know, I retire all the time. And go to sleep for the night? No, no, not that kind of retire. I retire. <laughs> I go to Irwin's Automotive and Automotion, and I get four new tires on my car, oh. and I'm retiring. <laughs> I saw that one coming. <laughs> I kind of get this. But anyway, I'm now speechless, so you're going to have to connect with Sean and Roz oh, right okay. about So what's now. the Bible say about many counselors? Fifteen Proverbs fifteen twenty two. It's um, our for when I say our, it's not my life verse, but it's our marriage verse, which is plans fail for lack of counsel, but many advisors they succeed, and that has been how we've walked this out. Because when when we needed our first counselor, Pastor Doug, then we went. To, God provided us with 
um, biblical-based financial advice, and then we found biblical-based realtors mm-hmm. and mortgage broker, you know, biblical-based, like everyone. He has c- continually provided the people that we've needed with faith to um, sharpen us financially and spiritually every single step of this journey so far. And I have no doubt that he was going to continue because he wouldn't bring us this far to leave us here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I say that all the time. We didn't come this far. To, to go this, this far. far. Exactly. <laughs> well, unless that's what God wants for unless us. But I don't God know wants. why he would do it. Right. You know, bring us here and then drop us like a hot potato. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't think so. His plan is to continue to journey with us and give us the people that he's meant for us to journey with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, you, you go to... Um, um, you're, you're part of a, a group, an educational group. You you go to seminars and that sort of stuff. What happens when you go there? Are are like like minded Christian spiritual based people attracted to you? Do you run into them, or or just everybody is the same there? Um, we go to. We're part of a, several groups, educational platforms as well. Mm-hmm. We. We're in community with other Christians that are involved in what we do as well. I have a few questions that come from them often when we first meet is how can you post all this stuff on social media that you're doing? Because you're, you're, you're putting money out there. You're putting all of the success out there. And we have been told by our communities that what we're doing isn't biblically sound. And we have that conversation and we share with them that we believe we're walking in God's faith. We're doing, serving our purpose and we're helping people along Mm -hmm. and it helps them to realize something different that they can see a different perspective that, that they're being looked poorly on for, they're being looked poorly at for doing. So, so some people are judging, judging outside of their calling. They're judging somebody else's calling. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, we know we're judging machines. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> All humans, I think. I think that's a safe thing judging. to say. And it's to mm-hmm. reframe and go, is this for me? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yesterday a client called you and yeah. said something about a ripple effect. Yeah, and he was just saying he's in awe from when we met him originally. He was upside down, not a dissimilar like not literally, you know, but upside down <laughs> financially. And it was a miracle they got into the first house, like truly a miracle. And then we he spread the wealth formula and started applying different principles. And we were teaching him the principles even before the wealth formula came out. And now it's like three generations. It's his extended family. It's across Canada. And he wow. just said, you don't have a clue. And he just bought two more books for his nephews that are going across the country. He said, you don't have a clue of the stories and the life that you've lived, the impact it's had on our life and every almost everyone we know. That's wow. fantastic. Mm-hmm. So my challenge to you is mm-hmm. to write down mm-hmm. your top 10 advisors that you'll go to. And we're grateful that you've joined us on this Life's Inside Track. Because when we move forward together... We've got this. Moving forward with the Decker team. Moving forward together with the Decker team.